What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. On today's episode, it's Saturday, so you know that means we're diving into the mailbag and going into your voicemails and texts. We got everything from our Bulls fans putting too much pressure on Patrick Williams to Andre Drummond and his role coming into the Bulls chemistry. And then also, what type of steps do we need to see Zach Levine make as a leader? We got all those questions and more. Plus, we'll be getting into the work that DeMar DeRozan, Kobe White, and Dalen Terry have been seen putting in this offseason. All that and more on today's Chicago Bulls Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So before we even get into the mailbag, we have two videos to drop. Again, nothing substantial. Let's always, I, I, I report on the news, right? And I am, this is a Bulls channel, so I report on everything that comes out about our Chicago Bulls. But DeMar DeRozan and Kobe White uh, contributed to a, a CP3 camp, Chris Paul's camp. Uh, Chris Paul was there, of course. Devin Booker was there amongst other ball players, And we did get a video release of Kobe White putting in some work. DeMar as well. And one of the things that I do want to say with this, and I'll play the video over me talking here, is that a lot has been made about Kobe White's trade value. A lot has just been talked about about what Kobe White can bring uh, in, in a trade package. If the Bulls go out and make it, we, we even have a voicemail on it later that I'll get into. But with that being said, I know a lot of Bulls fans do think, hey, we're going to move Kobe for a power forward. And I think that, that, that you guys may be disappointed with that, kind of like you guys were last season when a lot of Bulls fans came in thinking, Kobe was going to be the one that was going to miss time. He was, he was, he was like how at the beginning of the season, people even uh, were asking like, how does Kobe find time in this rotation? He came right in when he came back, was getting 20 minutes a game. I understand Kobe White's place. I understand his, his inconsistencies. And I understand that, you know, Kobe White hasn't really scratched what we thought that Kobe White was going to turn into. But for everyone that's thinking that Kobe White may just, it, it's a foregone conclusion that Kobe's going to be moved by the trade deadline. Let's wait and see with that. There's definitely a possibility of that. And if I had to put averages on it, I probably would say that it's more likely than not. But Kobe White, this is his first true offseason. He participated in the five-on-five five five, uh, workouts that the Bulls did. While he hasn't been like as visible as like a DeMar, as Daylon Terry, as Patrick Williams in, in doing some of these programs, him being here... And even looking at the little bit of work, the footwork, the dribbling, um, he did do the step back three a couple of times as well. But Kobe White's role on this team, if Kobe White does come in and can find a way to be consistent and just even keeping those averages the same, just give this, give us that more consistent and eliminate the games where he goes 0 for 4, 0 for 5, and there's always giving us something, Kobe White really does add that scoring punch off the bench that no one else right now on this Bulls roster has proven to be able to give the scoring punch. This, this Bulls team ranked 29th and even at times sometimes 30th in bench scoring last season. And a lot of those games, people will then say, well, I expect Kobe what? Kobe being a, being able to stay on the bench because a lot of times Kobe did get into that starting lineup with the COVID and injuries and things like that. There is a chance that Kobe White could provide help provide a little bit more of that. I do think Io DeSumo is going to take a leap scoring-wise as well. I do think we're going to see more of his scoring ability that we saw in college. Hopefully, Alex Caruso shoots the ball better. Even Andre Drummond. I do think Andre Drummond is going to get us about 9 to 10 points off, off the bench as well. But we'll see. We'll see how this bench unit comes together. And we have voicemails on that, so I'm not going to dip into that a little bit. But it was fun seeing Kobe White out there soaking up that game. I've said the same thing about Dalen Terry. I've said the same thing about Patrick Williams. So I'm going to say the same thing about Kobe White. When you're in there soaking up the game with these veterans that have done it, 
with being there with Kobe White, DeMar DeRozan, Devin Booker, like these are people that you do want Kobe around. And if he's if he's working out with these type of guys, hopefully he does learn a little something to this game. Let me know down below. What do you think about Kobe White participating in this camp with Chris Paul and others, DeMar DeRozan and others as well? Let's get into this next one. This is Dalen Terry putting up work. Listen, Dalen Terry has been active, period. Like all this offseason, I can't remember. And somebody please correct me if you've seen another one. I, I have not seen a rookie do as much that Zaylen Terry has in his first offseason in the NBA. He hasn't even gotten it to do a training camp yet. He went right from being drafted to the Summer League to going to the 5-on-5 workouts that the Bulls put together to being in, in Pro-Ams and Drew Leagues and, and you know being around uh, players like Paul George, um, Pascal Siakam, DeMar DeRozan, of course. Like He's just been balling with people all summer long and putting in that gym rat and that work ethic that we want to see from him. And while I did, did say, and I have said, before like Kobe could give us something off the bench if Kobe White is not prepared to be consistent if Kobe White does fall out of the lineup I think it's going to be because this kid Dalen Terry does he bring the scoring punch that Kobe brings no at least not he does not project to be that but when you look at the totality of what Dalen Terry can bring probably better in transition better dunker better on defense better in passing lanes a better passer in general as well again I'm not saying that it's a foregone conclusion but I'm saying if we do see some of those minutes come away from Kobe White, especially when you look at our guard bench rotation, Alice Cruz on Ido Sumo are ready to assume also minute, those minutes if, if Lonzo Ball is ready to go by the start of the season. And then at that point, are you playing Kobe White out of position? Are you, well, at that point, I think you're, you're playing more Alice Caruso to guard threes, but you may have uh, Kobe White line up as the three, but Alice Caruso is going to guard those threes. But when you look at bringing a Dalen Terry – and what he could possibly bring. We need to see the rookie go through training camp in preseason to see if he can earn those minutes like Io DeSumo did last season. But Dalen Terry is going to be poised for anybody who may fall out of the rotation. He's going to be poised to try to take some of those minutes and uh, show what he can bring at that NBA level. But let me know down below, what did you think about this? I played that video over here as well. Let me know what you guys think about all that. But let's get into it. It's the voicemail. It's the mailbag. We're going to get into this first one. This one is from Shay. You already knew. You knew who it was going to be. It's either Shay or Marvin. This one's Shay. What's up, babe? This is Shay. You know, I was sitting here thinking, and you know, I think people are expecting too much out of Patrick Williams with just his third season coming up. Now, don't get me wrong. He's showing some improvements, and I mean, he has the skill set to be better. But let's really, really think about this. Jimmy Butler didn't become the player that he became up until his fourth season. Now, don't get me wrong. I know what some people are going to say. Oh, oh, Patrick Williams is his all his second season, and that's true. Okay, that's from a freak accident. But I feel like fans are just wanting too much from him a little bit too early, especially with how the team is constructed now. Now, if this was how we were constructed like about four or five years ago, I would understand that. You know, he needs to probably be the second option. But let's really stop and think about it. You're playing with Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, and whether you like Nikola Vucevic or not, you have to admit, all three of those guys that I just mentioned, hell, I even throw Lonzo Ball in there if he's fully healthy, are either former All-Stars, currently All-Stars, or and one is a potential All-Star. So, I mean, I feel like if Patrick Williams just gives us about a good 15 and 11, I feel like we should be appreciative of that, especially looking at with how guys like Jimmy 
developed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that Patrick Williams was starting ever since he came out of college, but at the same time, you know, Jimmy Butler didn't average 20 points until his fourth year. And plus, with the way the team's constructed, 15 points will be just fine. You need to stop acting like well, we need to stop asking for too much as Bulls fans, in my opinion. Tell me what you think. And Shay brings in, this is probably one of Shay's better voicemails, honestly. Talking about the expectations that Bulls fans have placed on Patrick Williams, even going as far as to compare it to Jimmy Butler's fourth season, I think the difference is, right, it's different roles. Patrick Williams has been a starter since he's come in the NBA. Jimmy Butler's had to work himself up. So even though Jimmy did take a leap in the fourth season, he absolutely did, Jimmy Butler. We it was the it was the progression of the intensity and things from Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler came in and like he 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 got known as as like being a good guard out on the perimeter, even guarding, you know, Kobe tough and LeBron tough and things like that. But then as this offense started coming around, you 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 saw different things from Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, let's just go over his first four seasons. So in the first season, he played 42 games, no starts. He got 2.6. Uh, points per game in that he averaged only 8.5 minutes in his second season in the NBA he played all 82 games um, he started 20 of those games he played 26 minutes per game in that and gave us 8.6 points per game in that 38% shooting uh, three-point shooting and 46% shooting from the field and then Jimmy's first season being a starter for the Chicago Bulls was his third season started 67 games all 67 that he played played 38.7 minutes per game gave us 13.1 uh, points per game for almost 40% shooting overall from the field. And then in Jimmy B Butler's fourth season is when he took that superstar leap. He started uh, all 65 games he played. He gave us 20 points per game in that. And then he went on to have a five season or six, six seasons, no, five seasons in a row of scoring 20 points per game. That's between us and Minnesota. So yes, Jimmy Butler did not make his, his true leap into, into his fourth season. But it was a steady progression in role, right? Yes, Patrick Williams, most of his second season got taken away, but Patrick Williams has been in that starting lineup. Also, it's a little bit different when you have a player that was drafted fourth overall. That automatically has fans have higher expectations for that, for that player. Fair or not. I'm not saying whether it's fair or not. I'm just saying that the reality of it is. We can, and keep in mind, Jimmy Butler was an older rookie when he was drafted because I believe he played three, if not all four years at Marquette at that point in time. So, yes, everything is different. Everybody's different. Everybody progresses at a different rate. Everything. Even when you look, look, at, look, look at Wiggins, for example, right? Just now really taking his leap, so to say, this late in his, into his career. It, as fans, yes, we do want to see it. We want to we see it happen as quick and as fast as possible. But Patrick Williams has shown flashes. It's just that those flashes has not been consistent enough. And then also, I think the thing that with Bulls fans just trying to be, you know, fair in this is that it's the lack of aggression sometimes from Patrick Williams. Just how passive he is on the offensive end. Now, granted, he came in. If this still was a rebuilding team, I think we would see we would have seen a more aggressive Patrick Williams in his second season. But being a rookie and then in that rookie season, you know, Vooch comes in. And then coming into his second season, he's now on a he goes from a team that was kind of a big question mark to a team that has its full pecking order offensively set. You look at Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, Lonzo Ball, all before him on the pecking order and, is, and getting shots. And his role at that point is kind of to be the, 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 the do-it-all person. Like, that's what we saw kind of coming in and what we expected. He was going to be the player that was out there to do defense, out there to get in transition, out there to pass the ball, take the shots when he gets the open shots in the nature of the offense. And some of that he did not do. So when it comes to Patrick Williams, I understand how the fans, like, why the expectation is so high from him, especially when you see those flashes from him where he does show that potential that AK and Eversley see in him.
But I, for one, do practice the more patient approach with Patrick Williams because, to me, I, Patrick Williams just turned 21 years old. He could not make that leap until he's 24. We could see three more years of Patrick Williams progressing before he really gets to that final product that we see him in. It could be that long. And I, for one, if it as long as it gets there, as long as we're seeing the progression, I'm fine of it. We do need to see Patrick Williams be more aggressive. We do need to see him take more shots. He hits the shots at a great rate when he does take them. We need to see them take a little bit more, but we also need to see him be more aggressive as well. And yeah, you can say, how can you be more aggressive with two ball-dominant players in DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine? And it really is up to the coaching staff to create those opportunities for him and for him to, when he gets those opportunities, to make the most of them. So it's 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 going to be a, a, a totality thing between him and the coaching staff and what happens. I do think that Patrick Williams probably is going to, if he can stay healthy, I see Patrick Williams averaging the most minutes on this team next season. And because of that, hopefully he gets more of a chance to be more of that ball, that playmaker when DeMar or, or, or Zach is sitting and him to kind of facilitate that way. That's kind of what I hope to see in Patrick Williams in his third season. But for the most part, I do agree with you. I understand where you're coming with on that one, Shay. Let's get into this next one. This one is from Eight Lives. How you doing? Hey, this is Eight Lives, man. First, I want to... Uh... Congratulate you on your uh, uproar since you first started, man. I got to say, man, you really came up, man. I'm glad to see that. Uh, you said it was going to be a slow week on the Bulls news this week, so I feel like I'm going to go ahead and chip in this week. I want to start off by saying I appreciate all the moves that the Bulls made this year. I'm, um, I feel like we kind of just got rid of the loose ends we had, like a couple of little scrubs we had. I, I feel like we filled those holes with two solid players. I want to talk about Andre Drummond today, though. Um, I kind of like when he came out with what he said about uh, grabbing the rebounds. It kind of like made me think about how a lot of our fans were kind of upset. We wanted to get uh, maybe some other people that we thought about uh, that could have got on the team. But um, I like the Andre Drummond pick because I don't really want to get no another power forward in here. And he might have uh, or a backup, another backup center who is coming in looking for his shot as far as a three-point jump or something like that. I'm just glad we got us a, a dog when it comes to the rebounding. I've been watching a lot of other people highlights, and one thing about it is Andre Drummond probably is going to be getting dunked on a lot this year. I don't think he's going to be blocking shots, but he's going to be a great body in the interior paint. Um, if we got Alonzo and Caruso, that's going to work better for them, being able to uh, have somebody to hold that way. You know, they can put that pressure on without having to put the pressure on and worry about grabbing the rebound at the same time. They can just stick to their defense. So um, I'm definitely excited to watch uh, Andre Drummond this year. Um, and I know I ain't got to worry about him shooting no jumpers. I know he's just doing all the dirty work, which is what he, I guess he's trying to show the Bulls fans that he's just coming in focusing on rebounding and just trying to let us know that, you know, he feel like he still got a lot of game left. And uh, I feel like we got us another player that's coming in with a chip on his shoulder because I know he don't appreciate how people is uh, looking down on his uh, pick to come to the Bulls. The last point I wanted to make is that I'm just hoping that Patrick Williams, Dalen Terry, and Ayo can kind of play the role, not that they're the same players, but kind of play the role of back in the day. You know how when Stacey King, Scott Williams, and Cliff Levinson used to come in the game, how they used to bring that energy. Not that they were scoring a lot of points. Like, you know, a lot of people looking at you like, oh, you know, Jordan did everything by himself, but real Bulls fans know that we had those type of players. So uh, I'm hoping that David Terry, Ayo, and Patrick Reed could bring that type of energy when they step on the court. And um, that's about all. Thanks. 
All right, my boy Eight Lives chiming in. Uh, yeah, he's he just has such a cool delivery. But uh, talking about Andre Drummond and the the rebounding, the passing, the outlet passing. Drummond is a better passer than what some people realize. I think he's also a better passer than what he. Some of that is on his on on him as well because he can be a black hole on offenses at times. Like once he gets the ball on offense, it's not getting out. He's going to keep putting the ball up. He's going to get his own rebounds, which helps his rebounding number. And then like he's going to fight for it, right? But we know. Andre Drummond is going to be um, effective. He's going to rebound the ball. He's going to get the Bulls extra possessions. He is a solid passer. He is going to be a bigger body that, to patrol down in that paint that people are going to have to keep on because he's not going to float out to the perimeter. He's not a, stre- uh, a threat to float out to the perimeter like Vooch. And by that, some teams in nature may think it's going to be easier to defend them. But when you have a big body like that, that's active on the boards, that's 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 going to try to get every single rebound when he's out there. When you look and one of the things that I have talked about with Andre Drummond is the rebounding number, but the rebounding rate, that may be the thing. You know, when we talked last week about Drummond saying that he's going to go down as the best rebounder ever. Maybe not the numbers. Maybe he can't catch up with Will in the numbers. And I mean, I say he may not. He's not going to. But that rebounding rate, the numbers of rebounds that Andre Drummond gets when he's on the floor is bananas. So, yeah, he's going to help the team a lot in that way. And he's gonna, and I do think he's going to be a threat to get about double digits uh, points uh, per game just off the nature of how active he is on that. But dominate in the paint, eight lives. You said that word, dominate in the paint. I I don't know if I can get with that one, but um, he's definitely going to fill a huge role. Um, for for the Chicago Bulls overall. Now, the second part of Eight Lives uh, comment here, the role of the Bulls bench. I've said this a lot, and I don't even mean this to be like a cop-out. It's going to be one of the most difficult things to see how this uh, bench rotation works out because you have a very guard-heavy bench rotation. You have Alice Caruso, Io DeSumo, uh, Dalen Terry's probably going to play some two slash three, right, at times. You got Kobe White, um, you got Goran Dragic. Those are all guards, right? And I just named five players that you can see getting some type of minutes on this team and really, it, it, it's going to be based off performance, but I do like the role that this bench can have, especially defensively. When you look at what we can bring, what we're bringing off the off the bench defensively, it's bananas. Like you look at uh, Io Crusoe, both great defenders. You look at what Dalen Terry projects to be as a, as, a, as a defender with his length and athleticism. You look at Andre Drummond. You look at, I didn't even mention Javante Green. This Bulls bench is going or can be a huge factor. I have a whole video on it. I talked about it last week. Like, the Bulls bench could be a huge factor in how successful they are over the course of the season, especially when you get into a little bit of those tougher stretches, the number of back-to-backs, things like that. If we have a bench that's reliable, it's really going to change the outlook of this team. But there you go. Shout out to 8 Lives for leaving that voice. And let's get into this next one. This one is from Ryan. Yo, what's up, guys? It's Ryan from Lincoln Park. Uh, I just want to know what you thought about getting Giannis's brother as free agent. And do you think a... It would just be to potentially get Giannis in the future. And B, if that's the case, do you think it's worth it to take the chance to get Giannis? Or would you rather just get a good player? And Ryan asked a, a poignant question. Uh, we all got the news of Kos- of uh, Kosas Antetokounmpo and, and the, the interest there that the Bulls could possibly be interested there. I don't think it's anything significant. I, I joke that it was part of the Bulls' 2026 plan to bring in Giannis. But I don't even necessarily think that that's the thing. Um, because, like... Yes, Giannis likes to play. He likes to see his brothers taken care of. He likes to be around family, things like that. Could it be a long-term plan in that? Yeah, but I, I think AK and Eversley also, if they're going to bring anybody in, it's also going to be because they see something. And when you look at the Windy City Bulls, which is what I think Costa Antetokounmpo would be on, um, when, you, when, you, when you look at that, the, 
one thing that we don't have a lot of down there, especially if Marco comes over to the main roster this season, is big men. So I think if it's more thing like that, like it's it's kind of a twofold thing. They need a big man on the Windy City Bulls. Maybe need a big man prospect that they can look at and see how how he develops things like that. But at the same time, if you can get that big man and it's a brother of somebody that could could instantly transform your team into being a championship contender, you, you, you do both of them. You take a look at it, you see what it is, and even if he ends up not sticking. You get that positive word of mouth of, hey, bro, I was in the Bulls organization. They treated me very well. Things like that. Do I think it'll pay off? I think it's a long shot that the Bulls uh, nab Giannis. That's just my opinion. But we're so far away from that. We don't even know what this Bulls roster is going to look like. We don't know who's going to be on this roster. We don't know what the the Milwaukee Bucks roster is going to look like. That may entice him to stay. So it's just so much up in air when you're talking about pushing something off till 2026 that it's too early for me to say if it's going to be worth it or not. Let's get into this next one. This one is from Ricky. Carol. What up, Hayes? This is Ricky Carroll. I've been sitting back listening to you guys on different broadcasts for a couple of weeks now. And this is my opinion about all these bulls rumors that are going up and down. There's going to be one more trade. Believe that, okay? And the bulls management, they're thinking about chemistry. Haven't you guys out there learned enough? You can put them all star teams together. And if they don't have no chemistry, they don't do nothing. Just Give me a couple of teams that they don't put together in the lab. I'm going to get, that's for the six, seven years that have won championships. Some of them got lucky and got to the finals. But teams with chemistry, they win. They win titles. And it doesn't matter because they didn't go out there and get a big name. Andre Drummond going to surprise a bunch of people. Oh, my God, he's going to surprise a bunch of people. You're going to see and as far as Patrick Williams is concerned, they need to get up and let the young brothers just definitely relax and let them go play basketball and start trying to put pressure on them. And one other thing I have to say, we got a player that added 28 points a game. Why do you people still out there act like there's somebody out there going to come in here and do that? Why? You keep on putting the man down. What do you got to do? The Bulls going to have a good team. It's going to come to coaching. If they have good coaching, should nobody come to Chicago in the NBA and win without a hell of a fight? So, y'all, stick to your team and stick to what you said from the beginning. Don't be changing up like that. They got a good team, man. Y'all gonna see. Peace. All right. Yeah, Ricky. I don't know what Ricky be drinking. I don't know, but you can tell every time Ricky leaves a voicemail, he was just taking a sip of something. And whatever it was, brother, I hope it was good. But with this one, I talked about the chemistry and giving uh, P. Will time to develop. I, I, I default to what I said in the first voicemail from Shay as far as giving T P. Will time to develop. As far as the chemistry part of the Chicago Bulls, yes, that's part of the reason why this team came out firing on all cylinders last season early on where we thought it was going to take some time maybe for them to work out the balance. It's because the chemistry of this team is hot. They And, and that's why AK and Eversley, they look to bring in high-character guys that can fit a culture. DeMar DeRozan was a culture change. And so they want guys that fit that culture that also can project to be more as well. So, yeah, the chemistry of this team is going to be make the sum of the parts greater than what the parts look like individually out on their own. And I think that you, you, you continue to see that these five and five workouts, you see that training camp is supposed to open in about a month. Don't be surprised if we get a lot of Bulls reporting a couple of weeks early like we did last season, keeping that chemistry up. And just look at how many of these Bulls players you've seen 
in different sets together over the course of the season. You've seen DeMar and, and P-Will. You've seen P-Will and Dalen. You've seen Dalen by himself. You've seen Zach Levine. and like So, yeah, you see these players working with each other. You see these players uh, keeping in touch, things like that. Io like, being in the five. Like, so, yeah, the chemistry of this team is huge. The culture that we're building here is great. And I think sometimes as fans, we look too much at what the Bulls didn't do and forget that we can have completely reset the culture in a two-year stretch. But to Ricky Carroll's last point on the fans putting down DeMar, I don't really see that, right? I see, yeah, the, the playoff performances for sure, but I don't see a lot of a lot of fans that put down DeMar. I think that, that if anything, the DeMar success has more so been used to kind of put down Zach and, and think that Zach isn't still what he what he is in this pecking order and the Bulls' best player. But when it comes down to it, like, DeMar, it, you can't, to me, if you're a fan and you're down on DeMar, you're an idiot. Like, and, and that's just to be frank, because DeMar DeRozan, what he's meant to this team, what he's meant to the young players, how he's helped them develop, and everything that he does with this team, if you're down on DeMar, if you're down on a player that, I, like I said, I haven't really heard, outside of a couple of idiots in the comments, like the Bulls should trade DeMar now because his value's high, I haven't seen really anybody be down on DeMar DeRozan. So I'm not saying that you haven't, but I'm just saying in my experience dealing with Bulls Nation, like DeMar could almost do no wrong outside of the playoff thing. And you do hear the thing like, well, the Bulls are going to need somebody who can step up in the playoffs because DeMar historically, you know, people people look down on what, he, what he's done in the playoffs. So all that being said, you know, this Bulls team is what it is. But let's get into the last voicemail for the day. One of, one of the ones I'm most excited to get into, this one is from Jonathan. Hey, hey, this is Jonathan. Hey, just calling, man. Really appreciate what you do, man. Thanks for doing this. It's real fun. M- makes the season go by uh, a lot more enjoyable. But, yeah, I just got a question about our leadership, man. I know we talked about it before. heard you talk about it a lot. But, man, I just really want to see Zach Levine take some leadership this year, you know. We had... DeMar last year coming in, and so they were figuring out how to be together, but this is his team, man, and I just really want to see him take the reins, lead this team, and show that, you know, he he's the main man, especially after making that uh, max contract, so I just want to know what your thoughts are on that. Peace. And Jonathan asked a great question. While we're talking about defense, while we're talking about offense, while we're talking about who's healthy, is the leadership on the Chicago Bulls and Zach Levine stepping into being a bigger leader. That is the thing. I talk, I, I do want to see Zach Levine take a defensive step up. I said it before. I want to see him get that defensive rating this season down to, to 108. Between the 108 and 110 range, that's where I want to see Zach Levine's defensive rating this upcoming season. But outside of that, Zach has been a leader as far as the, I'm about to take over this quarter. You guys watch what I do. But the vocal leader, right, the, the, the guy who kind of motivates, Zach Levine is a very quiet personality. And I, I, I get it, wanting people to be something different that's in the nature of who they are as a person. But, but at the end of the day, you are the $200 million man. You signed the largest contract in Chicago Bulls history. And I won't deny, I want to see Zach Levine step into being a leader more. He's an on-the-court leader. He does go out there and try to set the example there by taking over quarters, things like that, like I've said. He does try to do those things. But I want to see more of the vocal leader. And, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird to ask somebody something that's not in their personality. But one of the things that we did here over the course of this offseason is that Zach doesn't take it lightly, the contract that he signed. It actually has added something to Levine to show that, that, that he feels that he has to show it more on the court now to live up to that contract. But you also have to lead this team. DeMar, yes, is more of a vocal leader. But even Iowa DeSumo in his interview with Waddle and Sylvie talked about how DeMar isn't even the most vocal rah-rah guy either. Teams need that guy. That was joking Noah for us for a long time. It seemed like it was going to be Bobby Portis before the Bulls ended up trading him away. And since then, we really haven't had that rah-rah leader on the on the sidelines. Tristan tried to do it in press conferences, but 
nobody gave a damn about what Tristan Thompson was saying. Go, go take care of your kids. With that being said, like it's and it may end up being Daylon. Like, don't be surprised if three years from now we're talking about Daylon Terry being the vocal leader on this team, whereas Zach Levine may be the on the court leader, kind of that Derrick Rose, Joe Kim Noah. Uh, type dynamic there. Keep in mind, Derek was not the vocal leader, right? He had times where he would go off. There were times like the Tyrus Thomas goaltending thing or the, ah, uh, there was another thing. The Denzel, was it Denzel? I don't know if it was Denzel. I remember thinking not another player, but he's had times, he had times where he was vo- more of it wasn't Denzel. I think Zach was gone by then. All right. But anyway, uh, but he, he's had times, but you may see that dynamic, but I do think every team needs that guy who just who's going to check you on the sideline, who when you miss his assignment is going to try to motivate you, but also be like, hey, man, you owe us one, right? You need that on, I think, every every sports team, you need vocal leaders, you need rah-rah leaders, you need guys that just change the energy by the nature of how they come into the game. Dalen Terry, I think, has the chance to be that. He's already chipping away, but that on-the-court thing has to come, and I don't want to put that on a rookie yet, so I'm going to say I would like to see Zach Levine step into more of a vocal leadership role for the Chicago Bulls in this upcoming season but that is it for today's mailbag episode you guys uh you guys know lately we've been doing two we've been doing one on saturday one on sunday so if we do get more voicemails in i will make another mailbag episode for tomorrow on sunday but that is it thank you for tuning in to another episode of chicago bull central make sure you're following the show at bull central pod you can send us any feedback questions comments concerns bullcentralpod at gmail.com lastly you can leave us a text and our voicemail the number to do so 773-270-2799 we are the number one spot for everything chicago bulls related because of you guys and like i like to end every episode on go bulls love you guys peace y'all this has been a presentation of the break break media